First Thessalonians chapter five. I touched on. Uh, we read this verse. I believe it was last Sunday, and spoke a little bit about it. But I want to go a little more in detail on this verse tonight. It's a very short verse of the Bible, but um, Lord really spoke to my heart about this verse this week. You know, I there's been a couple situations of people that I know of that. Um, where there's been terrible accusations uh, that have been made, and you know you hear about that, you know you, you, you hate hearing about a scandal, especially in church. But you know we're hearing more and more about these things all the time. And of course, whenever you hear about those things, there's always the group of people that you know they want to believe it, and so it's whatever the news media reports. They believe it. You know that that fits what they think about all churches. It thinks you know, and so they they just run with it and they want to say that everybody's like that. And then you got the group of people that you know that love that person, they care about that person, and they can't imagine them doing that. And so then they want to, they naturally want to stick up for them. And then if it turns out that they actually did do it, then those people all look really bad. And so then, you know, so now you got situations where you see that happen, and so then somebody gets accused of something, and nobody really wants to say anything because you don't want to stick up for them and end up looking bad later. And it's just, it's really tough. And you know, in a lot of these situations, while you know, it's my first instinct and my desire to want to say, yeah, they didn't do that. You know, they're innocent. They're wrong. You know, I uh, say, you know, you want to be careful. We want to protect. We and we is very important that as a church that we protect our reputation that we have, that we have a good testimony. And it is not easy in this day and age. And it it does when it happens in one place, it really it hurts everybody. It really does. And uh, we definitely don't want to contribute to that. And we need to make sure that we're you know we're working to counter that and to working uh, we're working against that. And one thing too, whenever I've you know, whenever you hear about these accusations and things going on, a lot of times when you're hearing the stories, you know, while you're not positive about you know whether or not they did the big thing, a lot of times all these other smaller things will come out about them that aren't good, that make them look guilty, that make them look really bad. Sometimes maybe it is actual bad things, uh, you know, that people have in their life, maybe some you know hidden secrets, but sometimes it's just things that they were doing that weren't necessarily bad, but it sure looked bad. And sometimes, you know, that can make the difference in whether or not somebody goes to jail. And sometimes, and one thing it will definitely do is just because something looked bad, it will ruin that person's reputation. And that can happen to a church. It happens to individuals all the time. And we've got to protect ourselves. In First Thessalonians five twenty-two, we see the Bible tells us it says abstain from all appearance of evil. It doesn't just say abstain from all evil. Okay, we know that, but abstain from the appearance of evil. And we're living in a world today that's full of evil. I mean, there's no denying that. There's very little that even shocks us anymore. We hear of constant scandals about politicians, even in the highest offices, and we're hearing more and more about it with leaders in churches today. And it's it's heartbreaking, but it, it literally it doesn't shock people anymore. You know, if, if it comes out tomorrow some politician was doing something terrible, nobody's going to be shocked. 
And the truth is, it, you know, I'm sure there's some honest politicians out there and decent ones, but you know what? We all have that mindset towards them, don't we? Because of maybe those few that did the horrible things. And it's even getting that way for pastors because, you know, obviously a vast majority are good people, alright, and doing things okay, but the news media doesn't report on those people, do they? You know, they don't make big deals. You know, breaking news, you know. Pastor was honest with the money. You know, you know, breaking news. Pastor that died turned out was faithful to his wife for sixty years. You know, that that that's not breaking news, is it? We all we all hear about that one that does something bad, and we're so used to hearing. I mean, we're so used to hearing that, and we've got you know we've got to recognize that we are living in an evil world, and there are bad things that are happening. There's bad people out there, and because there've been so many preachers that have done horrible things, we're being watched. Closer than ever. Look what's happening right now, just in the NFL with the football players. You know, this one guy. You know, he gets busted on video, hauling off and hitting his wife. You know, there's there's no doubt that he did that. And now they're looking real close at all the football players. And now a bunch of it seems like you know every other day you hear about another one. You know, going to jail for some kind of abuse situation. They're all being watched closer now. And the same things happening in churches. We're being watched like a hawk. And you know what? We ought to be able to handle that. We ought to be able to handle that. I mean, there's going to be false accusations. Those are tough for anybody. But let me tell you something. We don't want to invite any of that into this church. And there are some things and some examples in the Bible that we see that I think can help us to protect ourselves about that person, or from those kind of things. And yet we, the truth is, even in our own country, we have laws against the appearance of evil. Alright, for example, if you don't think we have laws against the appearance of evil, try going to a bank with a toy gun. Okay? Now, are you doing anything better? What are you going to do? You're not going to hurt anybody with a toy gun. But why would you do that? You have no reason to do that. That just looks really bad, and you'll probably get in big trouble. Another thing too, when it comes to the appearance of evil, some of these things do change with the times. For you know, um, for example, try taking a pressure cooker to a marathon. All right, you can't do that. I guarantee you, you'll get in big trouble. If you do that anymore after what happened in Boston. You know, we have they, uh, they have a lot of gas stations and things. If you go in there, they'll tell you if you're wearing a hoodie to remove your hoodie. All right, what you know, people are trying to protect themselves from the camera. Maybe your ears are just cold. Okay, maybe your hair's a mess, and you don't want people to see you. But there's an appearance of evil, and so you can't do that. All right, yeah, I saw. How many seen the commercial where a guy goes into the gas station wearing a, a face mask? Uh, they were out driving a convertible in the cold or something. He's wearing a, he's wearing a ski mask, and everybody in the gas station is panicking. They're thinking he's going to rob the place, and <laughs> he goes and pays for the food, and they're just kind of like, "What happened?" And then the guy didn't realize, "Oh man, I'm still wearing my mask." But it appeared evil, didn't it? And it scared everybody. Uh, you know, try doing this sometime. I've seen this before watching cops where all of a sudden a policeman's walking around a corner and somebody sees him and takes off running. Okay, And then so what does the policeman do? He goes and takes after him. You know, what, is there a law against walking down the sidewalk? No. But when you see somebody running away from a police, you just assume there must be something evil going on. I remember I watched one one time, the guy took off running, and the police went and chased him down, got him down and went and checked him. They're thinking they're going to find drugs or something on him. They didn't find anything on him. 
Guy hadn't, guy hadn't done anything. And I was at Walmart the other day, and I, I set off the alarm. I wasn't shoplifting. The alarm went off. You know, you know that, that's happened to all of us before. And I've always wondered this, and I asked the worker. I said, what would have happened if I had just taken off running? I know I'm innocent. I know I didn't steal anything. But what if I asked them, so what would, what would you guys do if I just took off running? They're like, we just let you take off running and we'd have to call the police. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, I always wondered if somebody would just you know, chase, if chase me down or what. But I thought that would be funny to do that because I know I'm innocent. I know I didn't steal anything, so I'm not technically doing anything wrong. But I probably would get in trouble if I did something like that because it appears evil. You know, and uh, you know, the Bible says, that the wicked flee when no man pursueth in Proverbs chapter twenty-eight verse one, and so you know that you know, kind of lines with the Bible. It looks bad, and so we've got to be aware of those things. We've got to be aware because of the kind of garbage that's going on today that we've got to be, you know, we've got to be careful. Many people think that how something appears doesn't matter, and they'll even use scripture sometimes uh, to talk about how. God sees the heart. Okay, we all know the story in First uh, Samuel chapter sixteen, verse six, where uh, it says, "And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab, uh, talking about David's brother. Samuel's there looking for the king. Just a little background story. He's there. He knows he's supposed to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king. And he looks at Eliab and he says, you know, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And then verse 7, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And right there, people, people will say, doesn't matter what the outside looks like, God sees the heart. But wait a minute. Man sees the outside. The Bible says man looketh on the outward appearance. Man can't see the heart. Man can't do that. They can only see what's on the outside. And Matthew 5.14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I don't need to do good works. It's what's on the inside that counts. Well, not to man. They can't see what's in your heart. They can only see the outside. They can only see the works. And therefore, what we do on the outside does make a difference. We might be the nicest people in the world never think a bad thought about anybody on the inside. But if you don't actually do some nice things to people, how are they ever going to know that? And you might be the nicest, pure. you have the best purest mind. You'd never do a thing that hurt anybody. You'd never even think a perverted thought. But however, there's things you can do that might look bad and look creepy, especially in this day and age. And so we've got to be careful. And so what can we do to protect ourselves as a church and as an individual? Because you're part of this church. You represent this church. And you know, there's people out there they don't like churches, and they would love say so and so, you know, active member of Liberty Baptist Church, or you know, if you're in a leadership position, you know, that, I mean, they'll make a huge deal about that, and that has nothing to do with it. No church, you know, is for murdering somebody or for perversion and anything like that. But when somebody from a church does it, they make it about the whole church, don't they? And we've got to protect ourselves from that. So what are some things we can do? We'll go over to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. 
Ephesians 4 and verse 24. It says that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. If you want to protect yourself, if you want to protect your reputation, if you want to protect this church's reputation, you cannot compromise with sin one bit. You can't do it. You know, putting away lying. If you have the reputation of being a liar, if you've been caught several times in a lie, what's going to happen if something big happens? And maybe you're actually telling the truth, but you have that reputation for being a liar. No, nobody's going to believe you. You might end up getting in trouble. One of the things they do in court a lot of times when somebody testifies something and maybe the prosecution or the defense doesn't like what they said, a lot of times they, if they can find out a bunch of dirt on that person that they are known for being a liar, they will use that. And that person might be telling the honest truth, but they will make them out to be a liar and a jury won't believe them because they know they have a reputation for lying. The same thing can happen with preachers. If a preacher is lying about one thing, okay, if it turns out I'm lying about the money, that's another area where churches are being watched like a hawk today. Is in the financial areas. They find out I've been you find out I've been lying about the money, well then you know what? They might say, Well, what if he's lying about the plan of salvation? I might be telling the gospel truth when it comes to the plan of salvation. But you know what? They'll use that uh, that preacher. He was just a liar. He lied about the finances. I, I might have been telling the truth about everything else. But you know what? It'll be easy to discredit all of that. Why? Because I gave place to the devil. I gave him a spot where he would be able to point people to, and where he would be able to use me. And that one sin, that one that one thing. I might be the nicest guy in the world. I might be helping people out all the time. But that one time I lose my temper in public and I hold off and I hit some guy. And it's in the police reports. It gets known all over town. That's my new reputation. That's the church with the pastor that punches people in the nose. Only guy I ever did that to. Alright? Been here three years. Been nice to everybody else. But one time, that's the reputation. I gave place to the devil. And that's why you just, you've got to be extra careful. We cannot, you can't compromise. You can't do things, you know, it's just one time. The devil will use that every time. And he names several sins in there. We can't do. We just you got to stay away. The Bible talks about not letting uh, things be once named among you as becometh saints. That one time it will use us. And if you sin in a particular area, people are more likely to believe that you'll do it again. All right, just so you have to do it one time. You know, kids. That's why you don't want to go lying to your parents because you lie to your parents. You know, mom, dad. You know, I'm, I'm going here with so and so, and they find out you were somewhere else. And the next time. I'm going to go here. And you might be telling the absolute truth, but they will not believe you because you ruined your testimony. And that's another reason too why we've got to have the same testimony everywhere we go. Okay? And for example, you know me, I, I you know, work a secular job. And it's, it would be one thing if, you know, let's say I was accused of some crime or I was accused of whatever... And you all say, if you all are saying one thing about me, and then they interview my coworkers, 
and they're saying something completely different about me, they're going to use that and wow, that guy, how two-faced. What a double life he was living. But if they have two completely unassociated people saying the same thing, I got the same testimony with my family, with my church, with my coworkers, with my neighbors. They're going to have a tough time pinning anything on me. But that means I've got to be the same everywhere. That means you've got to be the same everywhere. You've got to have that same testimony everywhere you go. I mean, they'll 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 see that. They'll use that. This, hey, everybody's saying the same thing. These people aren't connected in any way except the fact that they know this person. They're all saying the same thing. He obviously is innocent. That's why it's very important that you do you you protect that testimony that people that people know and. Uh, it will keep you out of a lot of trouble. So don't compromise with sin one bit. Also, we've got to recognize and we've got to be aware of just how evil it is out there. And we've got to recognize the day and age that we're living in. There's things that you could have done 50 years ago that you can't do today because it just looks too bad today. Don't do anything that could appear evil. I remember my dad, he likes to tell this story. Where years ago, you know, back before everybody had cell phones and things, there had been some vandalism going on at our church. There's some windows broken out one night. Another night, somebody went and broke one of the windows of the bus. We'd find beer cans laying out there. And there was it was um, you know just a few different times. So my dad he started setting a camera up in his office window in this one area, you know, where people would drive in, hoping to maybe see who did it and tell the police about it. Well, one night, Dad's in bed and somebody from the church stopped by the house and said, hey, Pastor, I just drove by the church. Somebody was there. And so my dad, you know, he didn't change out of pajamas or anything. He jumped into this car and he took his pistol with him. Alright? And he goes, and so, you know, they don't know what's going to happen. And they just immediately go to the church. Remember this, they don't have cell phones or anything back then. And they get there to the church and they look around and nobody's there. And so my dad wanted to get the camera to see if anything was going on, but he left the house in such a hurry, he forgot his wallet, he forgot his keys, and the church was all locked down. And so he's trying, so he decides he's going to try to get the camera through that window in his office, and he's only able to open it part way, and he's trying to get in there and get the window where he can open it, and all of a sudden, a police car comes driving up. And that, and my dad had called the police before and said, we're having problems, so they'd been watching the church a little closer. Now, was my dad doing anything bad? No, but it sure looked bad, didn't it? And all of a sudden, my dad's like, oh, unfortunately, the, you know, the window, he had the window open a little bit, so he was able to remove the gun and kind of throw it into the office. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then, you know, and then the police comes and starts talking. He's like, who are you? I'm, I'm the pastor here. Can I see some ID? Uh, I left it all. <laughs> looks terrible, doesn't it? No laws broken, but it looks terrible. And thankfully, the you know another church member was there. He had his identification and stuff on him. And you know the police looked him up, and it turned out you know this guy you know didn't have a record or anything like that. And think about it: if that guy would have had a record, then they're probably both getting hauled off to the pokey too. But fortunately, he had a good reputation too, and he said, yes, this is, you know, this is the pastor and you know, they explained what happened and it got out of trouble. But let me tell you, it was close because it looked bad. Because, especially because of what had been going on during that time. There had been people messing around the church. There had been vandalism and things. And we've got to pay attention 
to what's going on today. The type of scandals and things that are going on. Uh, you know, especially with morality, even amongst the clergy. And that's why there's just certain rules that I have for myself. I don't go, you know, I don't, I don't take women on rides in a car. Okay? Now, is it a sin for a man and woman that aren't married to be in a car if nothing's going on? No. Like, you know, nothing. The Bible says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. There's no touching going on. However, it looks bad, doesn't it? I'm driving down the road. Who's, who's that woman Pastor Tommy's with? What's going on? It, it just looks bad. And guess what? Preachers commit adultery. They do. Preachers run around on their wives, and therefore we've got to be careful just to make sure we don't even appear. I'm not, you know, that's, you know, not going to be alone in a room with another woman. And these days, even with children, you've got to be extra careful. Even with children that are not your own, you can't just go by yourself with somebody else's kids. You know, there was a time when you'd be out visiting and stuff, and you know, we used to, uh, you know, when I was at Dad's church, we had the bus route. We'd go out visiting all the time, trying to invite kids. But you know, you could. We used to be able to just you see a bunch of kids, right? you go approach the kids, go talking with them, you know, giving them flyers, tell them about church. Nowadays, you can't do that. Because people think you're some kind of pervert. And so we always had to be real careful. And we'd always go to the parents' house. And anywhere we were, there was always at least two of us. And we always stayed in very public places. And just, you have to be really careful because we don't want to even get accused of anything, especially when it comes to children. Because people will hear what they want to hear. They will believe what they want to believe. And, but I, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. Doesn't matter. It looked bad. It appeared bad. And we've just, well, you know, I don't think that way. You, you might not think that way. But other people do. And we just live in a crazy, messed up, perverted society. And so we've got to recognize that. And even as a church, you know, there's, there's rules and things that we've got to have. As a church, we've got to make sure, you know, for a Sunday school teacher or whatever, you know, they're not going to be alone in rooms with kids that are not their own. One of the things that we want to do around here and plan on doing eventually, we're planning on getting new doors all over this building. And every one of the doors, except for the bathrooms, we plan on having windows on those doors. Why? Just for accountability purposes. Just so we can, you know, we can show people that we have a, you know, an environment where, you know, it is. It's open where it's going to be hard for people to get away with anything. So why, Pastor? Do you not trust the people in your church? It's not that at all. It's that we don't want to uh, anything to even appear evil. Am I off? I, I do. I want to get. I want to replace that door. I want there to be a window right there, and my computer monitor will be sitting in a spot where anybody can come walking in at any time, and they'll be able to see what I'm looking at on my computer. And I should be fine with that. And I am fine with that. And same thing too. Anybody that has a problem with there being a window on a door to their Sunday school classroom or whatever, I want to watch that person. Because we, we have to be extra careful because that is the day and age that we live in. And we don't, and it does, it, this, this kind of thing destroys churches all the time. It ruins ministries. And it is, these things do happen. Some of these people are guilty. I mean, you know, pastors, and it's just, it's, you know, it blows your mind. But it is. That is the day and age that we live in. And we've got to be careful. We've got to be. You got to be careful of even the places that you go to. You know, 
Listen, I could, if I go to a bar and buy a Coke, I didn't, I didn't sin. I didn't drink anything I'm not supposed to drink. But people don't know that's why I'm going in there. They don't know. They don't know what I'm going in there for. You know, if I want to go buy me a bottle of water, you know, I'd rather go to a gas station than the beverage store. Okay, because I, you know, I, I, what, I got to be careful about my reputation. I got to be careful about how something appears. And so, you know, you've got to, you've got to be aware of those things. You got to think of those things. You know, I mean, even just even some of these movie theaters. Well, I'm just going in there to you know watch Mickey Mouse or something. But you know what? They play. You know, Chainsaw Massacre movies in there too. You know, people don't know what you're going there to watch. They don't know what they're going there to see. You might be going there to watch a Christian movie, but people don't know that. And you know, I want to protect my reputation, and so I'm, I'm going to be careful about what I do, about how, about where I go. We've got to always think about that because, yeah, this is a dirty, filthy day and age that we're living in. We ought to be able, you know, we ought to be able to go. You know, you can go to these places. You might not necessarily be sinning, but it might appear bad. And we don't, we don't want to do anything like that. So the next thing, make sure you don't associate yourself with those who are doing evil. Proverbs chapter thirteen, verse twenty says, "He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed." Somebody who's hanging around the fools will be destroyed. The companion of fools. Psalms 1 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. If you just hang around that wrong crowd, it can ruin your reputation. If, if all my best friends are perverts and lawbreakers and you know, creeps and things, what are people going to think about me? That's exact. I mean, that that is what people are going to think. Well, you shouldn't care about what people think. We do need to care about our testimony. Okay, we're not supposed to care about our think when it what people think when it comes to doing good. Okay, not when it comes to doing bad. That doesn't apply to everything. We don't care what people think when it comes to doing good. But if it's doing bad, we do need to care. We do need to pay attention. Well, I'm just trying to straighten all these people out. How you doing on that? Because you know, man, you know, you got you just, you've got to be extra careful. You got to pay attention to how how it looks. Think think about those things. Don't make excuses when they do evil. Now, you know, if I mean, I, I have preacher friends and things, but if it if I find out that they're one of these perverts, if I find out that they're one of these crooks, I'm not going to invite them to come preach here. I'm not you know I'm not gonna. You know, stand alongside them and defend them. If if they really did it, I'm not going. I'm I'm throwing them under the bus. <laughs> if they did it, I mean, you know, it, I think it, I think it's horrible for anybody, but especially somebody that's in a position of trust. These preachers that have you know done bad things to children, who people in church they trusted them. He's supposed to be a man of God, or maybe even you know the uh, the wife of somebody in the church. That type of thing. I mean, we can't tolerate that one bit. I don't believe you ought to get a second chance on that kind of thing. You're you're done. You're done. You betrayed a position of trust. We would all have a huge problem with a police officer who was doing that type of thing. You know, we we have a certain level of trust for people like police officers, and if you found out that they were using their position. Of authority that they have in an evil way, in a way to benefit themselves for their own gain, we would all 
want to see them in prison. And it ought to be the same thing for a pastor. It ought to be the same thing. To betray that type of trust is absolutely wicked. And we don't make excuses for that. Oh, well, everybody falls into sin. Everybody, everybody makes mistakes. Listen, there are some things. You know, there's, so people make mistakes. People slip up. But there's some things that are just pure evil. And the type of things we're talking about tonight, you know, the, the immorality, the perversion, you know, just, you know, being, being crooked even with the finances, we cannot tolerate that kind of thing one bit. And you all might, I hope you all like me, but let me tell you something. You find out I've been immoral. You have a, you have a responsibility to get rid of me. You know, I, I scratch my head about some of these churches sometimes where they know that their pastor did something. I mean, maybe he, you know, he got busted, and they know it, and they don't do anything about it. They don't fire him. They don't send him packing. And I think, I think there's something wrong with that church. Well, you know, we we just want to be forgiving. Okay, fire. You can fire him and still be forgiving. You can do that. You can fire him and you can still love him. But you have a responsibility. You have to do the right thing. And if that ever happens, send me packing. That's. Ex- I mean. And don't forget I said this because uh, you that that is your responsibility. You need to do that. Churches have got to do that. Do not associate yourself with those who are doing evil. You know, and then also just don't even look like the crowd that's doing evil. Don't even look like the crowd that's doing evil. Proverbs seven ten says, "And I beheld there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart." The Bible doesn't say that she was a harlot. It just said she looked like one. She had the attire of one. And she was acting like one if you read all of Proverbs chapter 7. But she mentions a good man in the house. Sounds like she may have had a husband. It may have just been somebody that looked like one. And was was acting like one. He was able to look and just see what she was wearing and it spoke volumes about who she was. And then of course her actions did back that up. But also in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, it says in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. It's talking about saying a woman ought if a woman professes godliness. If a woman claims to be a godly woman, then she ought to dress in a way that becomes a godly woman. You ought to look like who you are saying you are. If I'm saying I'm a preacher, I don't need to be looking like a gangster. Yeah. See what I'm saying? I don't need to, if I, we, you've, you've got, you're, we're trying to show something. Just like a police officer, they dress in a way that makes them look like a police officer, don't they? Why? Because people need to know who they are. They, they, they you know, they, if they if they're off duty or something, you know, they always have that badge with them. They have to have some way so they can, you know, we can identify them so we'll know who they are. I remember one time when I was at my dad's church, I was mowing the grass there, and all of a sudden this car comes pulling up around the back of the building, and, and kind of weird spot, and there was tinted windows all the way around it. I'm like, what is going on? And they're parked out there. I'm thinking, this is kind of weird. And so I decided that'd be a good time to get a drink of water. I went and drove up there just so they would see somebody's there, somebody's watching them. And boy, I made a mistake because when I walk up there, this guy gets out of a car that is just scary looking. I mean, he 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 was a rough looking character. Looked like and uh, he looked like a really rough biker type. And I saw a woman in the car, 
that was scarier looking than him. You know, rough biker looking type. And I'm just like, oh man, I guess you know, I was, I was going to show these people. Hey, I'm watching you, but then I saw them. I'm like, I'm in trouble. And then he just he just comes walking up. To, he comes walking right up to me. And then he pulled his wallet out and showed me a badge. And he said that they were uh, they were actually planning a sting operation for uh, one of the biker bars in the next town over. I guess and. Uh, they were going undercover and they were being over there. They were waiting for somebody. And they want to be off the road, but I was kind of scared at first. And thankfully, he had something identifying who he was. And I was, when I saw that badge, I was like, okay, he kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but he did. He had to have something to identify who he was. And I'm glad all police officers don't dress like that all the time because otherwise I'd be more scared. And, and you know, when, you know, you, we want a way to identify him. We want to know who they are. They claim to be a police officer. They ought to look like one. They ought to dress like one. Obviously, that was a situation and circumstance that was a little bit different. But you know what? If we're claiming to be godly people, if we're claiming to be Christians, people ought to be able to identify us. They ought to be able to tell who we are. And you know what? It would be wicked and it would be terrible and it would be illegal if I was to dress up like a police officer. And I was to pretend to be something that I'm not, I could get in a whole lot of trouble for that. And there are perverts out there, there are crooks out there that are dressed up like preachers. And they're not. And the Bible says you'll know them by their works when you find out. You got you got to get rid of them. You got to take care of that thing. But at the same time, we do we gotta be careful. Once again, we don't want to look like that crowd that's doing evil. I mean, if I came in here today dressed up like that police officer I was talking about, okay, I could preach the exact same message that I'm preaching right now. But am I going to be getting the message across very good? I mean, really, is that going to, is that really going to help my cause out if I want to preach a message about godliness and holy living and you know and looking like a Christian and I'm scaring little kids <laughs> and adults <laughs> by how, by how I look? That's not going to that's not going to be a good thing. And we've, we've got to be aware of that. Some things that are wrong have always been wrong since the beginning of time. But there are some things that are wrong today because of the day and age that we live in. There's, there's things, for example, that people used to preach against all the time as being bad that I guess you could say today maybe aren't that bad. You know, Maybe back then, maybe a certain hairstyle. You know, it would associate you with a certain crowd that was promoting evil. Where nowadays, nobody really knows who they are and you're not going to get that message. You're not going to be giving that message to anybody. You know, and so I mean there's there's things that do that kind of that do kind of change with the times as far as because of what it appears like. What associates I mean I I don't know what some of the trends are or things that people are doing today, but you know, I think you all know what I'm talking about. Maybe, you know, for example you think about a famous singer, okay? Now, I mean, is there anything necessarily wrong with... Alright, let's just say I decided I want to get big sideburns, okay? Uh, maybe back in the Elvis days... Okay, is there anything in the Bible against big sideburns? Okay, I haven't seen anything. But maybe back in the Elvis days, it would have associated with that type of thing. It would have showed who you're patterning your life after. It would show who your hero is. And therefore, uh, yeah, you probably don't need to have... Big sideburns. We don't want to. We don't want to represent that. Where today, maybe they wouldn't think that. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. But you see what I'm saying? 
which is depending on what the time is. And because of the type of evil that's going on today, we do. There's things that we have to be more careful with. There's things that look worse today. You know, you think about like the Three Stooges, okay? On the Three Stooges, those guys would sleep in the same bed all the time. And you know what? Nobody thought anything of it. You know, it was funny listening to them all snore. But nowadays, you can't do that. Why? Because of the day and age we live in. Because of all the perversion things that are out there. People now, they, they do. They, we think different now about things than we used to. You know, they would dress up like women all the time. You know, Bugs Bunny, same thing. He would do that all the time. Bagging, you know, nobody really thought anything of it. Oh, it was funny. But nowadays, there's people that enjoy that. And so, you can't do that anymore. It's, it, it is, it literally is different today. And I believe that really two big areas in churches today where we've got to be careful just in how we appear is with the morality of those in leadership and in the area of finances. So we're try to be very careful with how we handle everything when it comes to the money. Just we've put checks and balances and things in place. Why? We don't even want anything to appear evil. For example, with the money, if it looks like, you know, I mean it would it would just be bad if, you know, after Sunday you all saw me taking the money and putting it on my pocket in a back room somewhere. Now maybe I'm just putting it in my pocket so later I can take it to the bank. But that doesn't look good. You know, if I if I'm the only one that ever touches the money, you know, I take up the collection, I go back. No, we have different people that do that, and you know, and they write down what came in, and they they mark it. You know, and there, there's there's things that we do on purpose. I'm not planning on stealing the money, but I don't want any. I don't want it to look like I am. You know, we don't we don't do anything with cash here at the church. Everything that comes in, it all goes in the bank, and it all gets spent either by check, which is signed. By two people, you know, or by the debit card, which you can easily track and see what was spent. I mean, and you can look at what comes in on the statements that we have here, and what you know the ushers they you know they put down, and you know it all matches up. Anybody accuses me of anything, I think we've got it set up where I'm not getting busted. I I ain't going to jail for anybody. <laughs> and uh, and but the main reason we do that is for testimony's sake. We are we want to abstain. From the appearance of evil, and there's you know there might be things that are inconvenient sometimes. Oh, you know these doors are fine. We don't need to be spending money on that. Yes, we do, because we don't want to even appear evil. We want to be able to show people that hey, we're open about what's going on here. You know that you know you can you know that this we've we've made a safe environment where you don't have to worry about that. Where if somebody wants to do something wrong, it's going to be difficult for them to get away with it. Not because we we have we're worried about anybody, but just because we don't even want that appearance of evil. And you, you do you never know these days. You, you you really don't. And so I hope you will think about that for the church. Help protect us, okay? Make sure you know you don't do that. You know don't don't go somewhere with a child by yourself. You know man, you know don't be with the opposite sex alone somewhere. Don't do things like that 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 look bad. Don't even do anything that. Appear to be evil. Help with that in your own life. Do the same thing. Be very careful. Listen, that could. I mean, if you live a double life, okay. I don't care how great you are at church and how great we think you are. If you're living different outside these doors, something happens one of these days, and we're talking about how wonderful you are, and people on the outside are talking about how terrible you are. That would be worse for you than if we're both saying, "I he's not that great." That right there, they will use that against you 
And you never know what's going to happen these happen could happen these days. I'm not planning on getting accused of anything. Most people aren't. But we've got to be ready for it all the time because that's the day and age that we live in. We live in a filthy, dirty world. And we've got to recognize that and protect ourselves. And so with that, I want us all to stand together tonight.